Man, you come right out of a comic book. What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. Uh, just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. Welcome to Screen Mayhem, December edition. I'm very excited to have our senior reviewer and all-around movie geek, Paul Salt, on the show. How's it going, Paul? Very well. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I don't know if it made the news over there in the States, but we just had a really, really bad election over here, so I'm very happy to be here talking about movies. (laughs) Yes, that's a shame. It's a shame. It's going to be the complete collapse of your government. But, you know, I would have sympathy for you, but you you know what kind of cesspool I'm living in over here, so... (laughs) I don't have much I can say about hey, it. Hey, we've all got our overweight blonde <laughs> weights to bear, haven't we? We do indeed. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. Let's uh, let's get to movies. This episode, we're going to cover the movies that we uh, saw that we loved in December, um, as well as talk about the Golden Globe nominees, which were just announced, uh, I guess, about a week ago. Mm. So Absolutely. I think I'm going to let you start first. Uh, you've probably seen more relevant December movies than I have. Um, I actually went on a extravaganza of watching movies in December, but I watched a bunch of things that had come out in maybe November and maybe even earlier. So mine's not going to be as exciting as yours, but why don't you start? Well, actually, I've been doing much the same. And especially today, I had a big catch up on some of the really great movies that have been out recently because I have been having some issues sort of getting out to the cinema right now. It's, um, It's been... Yeah, it's very cold here, which you'd think would drive you into the cinema, but more often you just want to go home and sort of be there. So it's been tricky getting out to the cinema, but I have been catching up lately. And the big recent movies, I mean, we just had Jumanji released yeah, over here. Yeah, same thing. Um, it looks really good from the trailer. Yeah, it was good. It was a lot of fun. It was really fun seeing, um, because the conceit is that they've all gone back in, but now they're in sort of other people's bodies, and also oh, Danny DeVito. Oh, they did and, it again. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, and Danny Glover are, um, are in there no as kidding. well. Um, and some of them work really well. Kevin Hart does a really good impression of Danny Glover. It's quite a... It's very oh, funny. The, Ro- the Rock and his um, Danny DeVito oh, impression... No. Not, not, not as yeah. good. And who's the, <laughs> who's the Karen Gillan uh, supposed to be? Oh, Karen Gillan's the same girl initially, okay. but there is a little bit. And who is it who goes? Oh, uh, the, the um, oh yeah, the other guy in there um is briefly in Karen Gillan, and that's very yeah. funny because it's fun. It's fun watching Karen Gillan be right. a goof. Totally, you know, it's great when she gets that opportunity. And um, also in there is Aquafina. Um, who's rapidly becoming one of my favorite totally. people after starring in um, The Favorite. And also, I remember her stealing the show a little bit in Ocean's um, right. 8. It was 8 of them, right? Yeah. I remember her just being like, I want to see more of that chick and what she's up to because she's got like a really charismatic personality. And yeah, she shows up in this as well and yeah, is also a lot of fun. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, it was enjoyable. I enjoyed The Next Level. Nice. Um, I can't say i liked the first one a lot and i i really thought mm. that maybe this this time they were going to ruin it but the trailer looks good i'm excited mm. about a lot of the trailers that came out this month I'm, there's also the the ghostbusters oh, future one interesting looks, looks isn't really it cool. yes afterlife. Yeah, afterlife i mean i'd love yeah. to see what they do with that <laughs> i would too i think it's ghostbusters has still struggled really to have a sort of identity beyond the first film and as a kid i always kind of took the first and second film together and it was only when i was an adult and watched back and i was like oh yeah this isn't as good as the first film the first film really is this kind of big popular culture moment and we've yet to really capitalize on that so it'll be interesting to see if we get this one done and um, it's something that's made more difficult by not having Harold Ramis right. anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, but, the way I yeah. got it, first one was just the best. Second one, like, see, the first one had magic. It had ghosts. It had all this stuff. Mm. They were inventing the equipment. It was just like this big, exciting thing. You have to stay puff, Marshmallow Man. So, they, of course, they had to have a sequel. Yeah. So, And then in the mm. sequel, of course, ghosts are gone. Everybody's run down. It's just it's a really sad, <laughs> drab beginning of the movie. Um yeah, and it retreads an awful lot of the same yeah. beats, and you can tell that Bill Murray doesn't want to be there, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because he's actually barely in it. I forgot about that. As you watch it, and it's like, 
hey, we're going to go down to the sewers in order to hunt ghosts. Do you want to come, Bill Murray? Yeah, no. I'm kind of good. So yeah, I never. I, I just yeah, thought, I'm gonna leave it alone. Like like Back to the Future. I love that they say that they'll never try to remake them or something because yeah, which some is stuff lovely. could just be left alone. because time and place sometimes it's so hard to imagine Back to the Future existing outside of the 1980s. Right. It's such it just... a 50s 80s thing. It's the difference between the exactly. two. Exactly. Such a such a significant difference between the two compared to now and 20 yeah. years ago and 30 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm lucky. One of my favorite movies, as you well know, mm. is uh, Highlander, and they've they've been they've been saying oh, they're yes. going to do it for years and years and years, and they still haven't <laughs> rebooted it. So, well, do you know what? I think I'm lucky as well because my favorite film of all time is Old Boy, and that got remade, yeah. and then just nothing happened. It came out, people were mixed on it, and then that conversation is more or less it finished, was and people just remember Old Boy now. Really, I never oh, actually saw it, but I yeah, only did because I, I I had to, and it. I mean, one of the most because that's really in my in my top five films of all time too, as you oh, well beautiful. know. Um, but yeah, like there are just certain things, like the the whole idea of him kind of fish out of water after all this time, and how yes. how it's handled is that none of that was done well, and then um, there was no hallway mm. scene. I mean, something you could just do. Yeah, you got like a long take yeah. warehouse fight yeah. or something. I think I've seen that in isolation, and it's just not anywhere near as impressive. No. Yeah. Or you know, oh. yeah. Okay, well, here's what I saw in December, <laughs> and I'm very excited. Yes. I finally got to see Joker, and I, right. I loved this movie. I just I had Fantastic. I had no expectations going in. Um, I guess maybe if I mm. did, they were a little low. I like I'm like uh, okay. Joaquin can kind of go fuck himself, and I don't really care about the Joker. <laughs> but you know, I wanted to see okay. it. I wanted to see the old New York and um, that that gritty feel, and it's just I can't believe what a good job he did. Yeah. If there was ever going to be a movie mm. that brought joker to life like that actually took the fantasy world and the real world and meshed them mm. together it happened on screen i saw magic absolutely yeah it was really wonderful and it was a very um yeah a compelling story it was very in- and it was very interesting idea to create to make joker the sort of result of the society that he is in yeah. you know it's um with the mental health cuts and all the rest of it and it's just which were already terrible in the first place and then were sort of cut further and, God, and he was so desperate he, he's so yeah, up through the whole thing. I mean, every look on his face, <laughs> he I'm was like, fuck. It was a wonderful sort of um, uh, the idea that Bruce Wayne, you know, the Wayne family is cast as kind of the villains of this piece was something that I found really yeah, interesting. Totally, and... that was awesome. <laughs> because yeah, really, if you dissect it, it is fair enough. You know, Br- Bruce Wayne has always been a really rich kid who just went around beating up street level thugs. Totally without actually trying to sort of address some of the bigger problems with this society. So I loved that they made use of the villain's perspective to explore that. I think sitting there watching it, the only thing that got to me really is that I wanted his transformation into the sort of uh, mastermind, the Joker, to be a little more cathartic, which I think is the wrong thing to hope for. But I was hoping that he would become Heath Ledger's Joker and then be in control of the situation and sort of, you know it would be less depressing yeah. but ultimately that's not the story that's being told and it's no, not the answer we get right. to get yeah. you know he had isn't... his big arc and it was a, really a breakdown mm. and then he's just sort of being, yeah, being exactly. held up by the angry masses versus yes controlling which is interesting the idea that they latch onto him as this kind of icon when really he's just a, a really you know suffering man yeah it was really interesting yeah cool well so that that was very exciting mm. I also I went in the theater yeah. and I, I was on a trip, so I saw that. I saw um, Zombieland two, which um, we, we, oh, how it was wasn't that? Very good. Um, oh, that's a shame. I love yeah, Zombieland. The original, it's just so clever, and I they, mm. they just did that thing yeah. that they tried to make it a little extra clever. You know, it's almost breaking the fourth wall all the right. time. And, oh yeah, that's yeah. a shame. And also, just zombies as a cultural moment really does feel like it's not. We're not there at the moment i know it comes in waves you get waves of zombies so to speak but we're um we're very much not in zombie land at the moment yeah. um, although one of the more interesting films of the year that i didn't get to see was one shot of the dead um i believe oh now was it a japanese i was I believe it was a japanese indie okay. film that apparently is very inventive and interesting so i'm looking forward to catching up with that at some stage yeah and i agree with you you know if i never saw <laughs> another zombie movie again it would be okay <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it does. Uh, we need that, and it's that moment, it's that yeah. feeling when someone needs to come along and completely reinvent the wheel, which ultimately, you know, um, 
it doesn't sound like Zombieland was going to no. do. No, in fact, they're now they yeah. classify the different levels of zombies, and there are super zombies. And oh, right. It's, it's I see. So it's like running zombies. Pretty and cheesy. Such. Yeah, they had like these mega yeah. smart, um, super strong zombies, and and it was just it was just yeah. so unplausible and stupid, and oh, it was mm. terrible. Like you think if like, the, I the dead say... don't die, that was a fun little. Exactly, I was about yeah, to bring if you're that up. Do yeah, it, that's something a little bit that mm. that had that kind of meta um, cleverness to it. Yeah, oh yeah, god, yeah, really. <laughs> it's the theme yeah, song. It's the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every time you said that, I, yeah. I laughed my ass off. I know. I I just really fucking love Adam Driver a lot, and this year has just, and in a film that we'll discuss shortly, has just cemented my affection for that yeah, man. And me too. Yeah, his delivery in that film is fantastic. Yeah, I first saw him um, on, in Girls, the TV show. Oh yes, I never saw Girls. I think I first saw him in Inside Llewellyn Davis, where he's in it for about okay. two minutes. Uh, yeah, and he played this really strong character. who was like the boyfriend of the main mm. ca- main character. Didn't really matter, but I, you could just oh, wow. tell he was something kind of raw and cool. Yeah. He's got a great and presence. Now, then then J- Jarmusch pulled him in, and uh, uh, mm. he shined in. Yeah. What was that called? Yeah, oh, Patterson. I just loved that. That was wonderful. That was one of my favorite films of the last 10 years, yeah. Patterson. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, then uh, it's just like, what can't he do? Then Emo Vader pops up, and <laughs> here we go. Full circle. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, another film I saw recently, I know it's a November film, but... Um, it's um, it's not that far back, really. Is that old November? <laughs> it feels like a long way now in some respects. But um, Frozen Two, you was did a sort of large release. I did, yes, and I enjoyed it more or less. It was um, a very odd Disney sequel, really. It was um, I- I've heard people compare it to Annihilation, mm. you know, in as much as this bizarre story of um, uh, the gang heading into this um, into the unknown, as they memorably do. Um, and ending up in this weird place where water has memories and their, the, the past is like being relived all <laughs> they around. Found, them, it was very they found abstract. some 80s script written by all these drugged out screenwriters. They're like, <laughs> we could make this into a Frozen movie. Yes, druggy Disney. That's what we like. But considering that Disney is in their animated films making movies like Frozen 2 that are crowd pleasing and really entertaining and then in their live action movies playing it super safe. And just remaking their old classics, almost shot for shot. I'm glad that Frozen Two is as weird as it yeah, is. Yeah, about that. Yeah, because really, it's, yeah. it's funny. Um, what's that new trailer that's out? Uh, oh yeah, um, Mulan, uh, Free Guy. Have you seen the trailer for that? No, okay, I it's haven't. A new r- oh, yeah. Free Guy. No, I haven't. I've okay. heard of it. Yeah, it's Ryan yeah. Reynolds, and it's this idea. It's a, sort of hmm. stuck in a video game, but it, it looks like it's a really original idea. But they start the trailer out with oh. like from Disney, who's is like remade all of these films. It's really funny. They just kind of shit on them for <laughs> for making live action remakes and remaking their own That's stuff. Fun. And they're like finally an original <laughs> script. So yeah, oh, cool. <laughs> you have me interested in watching Frozen too. I think you should. It was really interesting, uh, and the um, it was quite funny. And I like the way that they've repositioned Olaf to be um, kind of the sort of weird philosopher oh. of the group. Because, you know, beyond comic relief, what exactly do we get this guy to do? Um, and he's got a little song in there where he's talking about how he's sure that, um, I mean, it's, I'm sure this will all make sense when I'm older, you know, and I won't be, what I'm feeling right now is just a childish fear whilst he's in this terrifying forest. And <laughs> yeah, that was really cute. <laughs> well, that, he was really good comic relief in the first one. But it, was, it was quite surprising mm. to have, he's sort of ignorant to his own soul. Like he, he thought he could live on a beach and he wanted all these cheesy things it was it's kind of cool yeah i think the only part of it that felt a little weak is that the boyfriend christoph his drama throughout the whole film is that he wants to propose i think yeah. to anna and um is you know constantly trying to pluck up the nerve to do so and that aspect of it just felt a bit old-fashioned oh, just yeah. um a little bit you know it just reminded me of an episode of friends you know a little played <laughs> out it's the only it's my only complaint but the actual stuff the bond between the two sisters that was well you yeah, know all still really just like uh uh matt whatever from friends uh his in real life in the back oh, yeah. he's doing like coke and stuff so <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure the guy playing christoph was well actually yes that might explain the sort of bizarre rock <laughs> number that he has halfway through the film <laughs> you might have improvised that all right. Well, before <laughs> we'll animate around it. Before we get to your um, your highlight of December, I will uh, throw it because I think we have to. The Irishman. Have okay. you seen it yet? 
I have seen The Irishman. I saw The Irishman at the London Film okay. Festival. They showed it at eight o'clock in the morning <laughs> because it's three hours long and they needed to get it done in time to uh, have the public screening. So I was exhausted. Watching it again um, just uh, the other week with a friend, um, I did realize, wow, I think I might have slept for an hour of this. Wow. <laughs> and you know, I may but, have too. Um, I don't know how it was a, you know, when you compare it to things <laughs> like uh, Endgame, which was an easy three hours. This, mm. this, was oh, a, yes, yes. this was a slodging three hours. It was rather, and I'm very interested in the fact, it, it is this film, isn't it, where Scorsese has discussed the option of um, turning it into a sort of television show by splitting it into right. episodes. That was, um, that was an interesting idea. But I think for the first two acts, it plays out very much like his other gangster Absolutely. epics, and it might not necessarily be anything new, It's um, but it's still very competently done. And then the final act was fantastic. I loved it. Everything from the day, if you know what yeah. I mean, if you've seen the film, you know, the day where he's going to do totally. the thing. Everything from that point onwards was just really compelling for me. And I loved the stuff in the um, nursing home at the end, to the point where I wonder if a better starting point for the film might have been when Robert De Niro's character gets that award. Start with that right. night, introduce the characters in that party, and then just go from there. And the two hours beforehand do just kind of feel like prelude. And it's entertaining prelude because it's Marty Scorsese and he knows how to put a movie together. That's just what I was going to say. Like, I wasn't not entertained at any given point. Mm. I just watched it in three parts. I had it on Netflix, so I'm just like, I'm going to come back to this tomorrow night and watch another hour. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe I watched it the way he wanted us to. You know, it was a TV show. Maybe. Well, speaking of him getting it the way he wanted it to, um, he wanted to, he famously wanted to call the film um, "I Heard You Paint Houses," which is the name of the book. But they were like, "No, no, no, it's not cool enough. Call it The Irishman." And he was like, "All right, fine." Uh, so the film's out there as The Irishman, but the title at the beginning of the movie still says "I Heard You Paint Houses," oh, which is that's quite great. Fun. I mean, which I think is a way better title. It's a pretty cool title, especially when you know you know. Yeah, it's sinister, right. isn't it? Especially when you know what that actually yeah. means. Yeah, it's creepy. That's way like better. That. The Irishman. I'm, the whole time, I'm just like. First off, it's only an old dude like Scorsese who thinks that we need to watch a movie yeah. about Jimmy Hoffa. Number two, <laughs> as long as you're going to do it, like the whole Irish-Italian thing, it was just kind of a sub-bar hmm. thing. It just didn't matter. Yeah, but yet it's frequently a part of his movies because isn't there a thing in yeah. Goodfellas that um, Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci's characters aren't Italian? Is that right? And that's why... You know, they, we frequently get lines like, um, you know, they were never going to accept a guy right. like us, you know, and oh, that Joe Pesci becoming a made man is such a big deal because, you know, he's one of us, you know. I think that's it. I might be wrong about that. I know that, what you mean, though. It's always been like, if you, it's, it's I guess there. if you grew up yeah. there, you probably know a little bit, you know, you feel more yeah. of the separation between the two. Where just as you're saying it, I'm like, mm. Joe Pesci it could be Irish or Italian. I don't know. <laughs> well exactly yeah i mean he plays he's gonna but that's the whole weird thing with american identity is that because everybody has you know second third generation immigrants out there nobody has their you know accents or you know this thing so it's very interesting this idea of sort of tracing ancestry totally. back in fact that's another thing in goodfellas isn't it he um he says um oh someone was really excited about our marriage because they traced the wife's details all the way back and found that she was related to you know god yeah. knows what and for them, that was just, oh, the same part of Sicily as um, he came from. I'm forgetting this. I don't know Goodfellas very well. It, it makes me think but, of in The yeah, Sopranos, there's, a... there's that funny part where all the New York Italians go to Italy, and all they want to oh, do yes, is eat yeah. their noodles with uh, with gravy, as they call it, marinara sauce. And they're just, like, totally <laughs> yeah. shitting on them. It's just, like, really, what are you? You're not even really Italian at that point. Yeah. Well, the things that happen to Italian food once it left Italy are very interesting. <laughs> My country's just yeah. as guilty. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but what did you make of the de-aging? Um, it was, you know, it wasn't as bad as people are making it. It's never going to be perfect, and that makes me think okay. you no. probably shouldn't even try it. Why don't you get some younger actors mm. and mix it up? Like, well, yeah. exactly. People are willing to suspend their disbelief on this, yeah. you know, and be like, but if you want Robert De Niro, the weird thing is, at the beginning when he's at the the truck stop, it's like, oh yeah, you've digitally de-aged those guys. As the movie goes on, it does get trickier to know when it's been done right. and when it's just makeup. Yeah, you got it. There's a point where I'm um, like, is is Joe Pesci that old? Are they or still Joe doing Pesci... it? I just don't know anymore. <laughs> like, I, would, it, I didn't. I, it's like they they all just look kind of ugly. It's like video game characters, like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah. it's like 
Well, for me, it's whenever they speak. Whenever they speak and their mouths have to move, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's not a guy. You know, it makes me think, um, I don't know when this came out, but I, and this will not be a long thing, but I, I did get to see that Will Smith one where he has the young oh, version Gemini of himself. Man. And it, it's funny, yeah. it wasn't a bad movie, but it, the CGI was just so off-putting. And the action really? was just, oh, it was painful. Yeah, just don't do it. <laughs> that's really interesting. I know, I didn't... I didn't see that one, but I was interested in it partially because of all the formats they released huh? it in. Oh. They released it in, I think it was um, 60 frames per second and 4DX and all the rest of it. So I actually this year saw my first 4DX movie. Um, some friends of mine wanted to go see Ad Astra. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the only screening available was a 4DX one. So we thought, oh, well, screw it. How, how could it be? And all I'll say, say do you know what 4DX no is? Idea. Give it to me. Okay, 40X is like roller coasters. Um, you know, like you get back in um, the theme parks. It's your chair moves, oh. it tilts about the place. There are jets in the chair in front You're of you that will spray you with me. like water or air. Um, you get water dropped on you from above. And there's other effects as well. Oh, there's flashes like inside of the cinema. They've got like lights that will flash every now and then. And the trailers before Ad Astra it was marvelous this it was a wonderful experience we had i think we had frozen 2 and we had um ford versus ferrari and a couple of other movies and just with all the lights and whistles it was quite yeah. fun once we were watching ad astra i'll just say that the movie really distracted from the experience that's funny <laughs> which is not ideal no, i bet the ford versus ferrari if you could feel like you're in the car and the wind's blowing yeah a little bit of forced yeah the in jet your, chairs yeah. jerking around your chair's shaking a little with the engine <laughs> that'd be cool yeah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> it was good fun for a trailer for a whole film. Occasionally, you'd forget that it's there because, especially at Astra, there's these long stretches of you know people talking, and then suddenly you're in space, and it's like, whoa! Yeah. Shit. I fell asleep. Um, I went to see it. I got about <laughs> I don't mean maybe forty minutes in, so I got to finish it up sometime. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, they should try and use the chair to replicate the emotional turmoil that people <laughs> totally. are going through. Your dad might still be alive. Whoa! It really is funny. In this case, I was alone on a trip and I went and it was like those big, super comfy, you um, you know, the oh, lazy boy yeah. chairs. And I don't know, it was just too comfortable well. for such a slow movie. <laughs> yeah, that happens sometimes. It happened to me a lot during the film right? festival. You're like, they really ought to make um, cinemas with like church pews or something. Totally. That would have kept me up. Yeah, they just put me in this nice comfy <laughs> seat and I'm like, I don't care, Brad. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Good luck with your dad. I'll catch you in the morning. Oh, great. Well, on to uh, your highlight. Okay, I'd say my highlight was, it's kind of a cheek, because, a uh, cheat, sorry, it's um a preview of a movie that will be released, at least in this country, in January. I believe Japan's already had it. I'm not sure about the States. Um, it is um, Makoto Shinkai's new movie, Weathering With You. Uh, Makoto Shinkai made a big impact a couple of years ago with Your Name. And uh, he's now back with um, this wonderful film about a uh, an animated Japanese film about a young boy who goes to Tokyo. And whilst he's running away from home, and when he's there, he meets a girl who seems to be able to control the weather. Um, for, but the more she does this, the more impact it has sort of on the ecology, you know, of the place. And its uh, disaster soon looms. It was a really wonderful film. Very sweet. Um, Shinkai has these gorgeously animated cities his impression of tokyo in your name it was beautiful but it was very much daytime mm. student tokyo here it's nighttime seedy tokyo we get to see some scuzzy hotels and late night fast food places and alleyways and such and it's um it's just rendered in the same beautiful detail that shinkai brought to um the sort of countryside in your name uh it's a very sweet story. It's an interesting tale. The story working as a sort of metaphor for generational attitudes towards global warming, I think. Um, and the sort of guilt and sense of foreboding that young people especially have been made to have as a result of the sort of climate situation. And this feeling that, you know, a pretty big sacrifice is needed and it's probably going to be the young who have to pay it. And the mm -hmm. sort of in in resulting answer to that. So... That was really very interesting. Um, there too, yeah, yeah, very Japanese. Just oh man, the um, yeah, very Japanese animation. And as much as sometimes it would be just photo, well, not photo realistic, but really brutally kind of realistic depictions. And then other times you'd have characters, you know, doing their big expressive mm -hmm. thing. And you know, the I don't know what it's called, but when the sort of facial expressions are reduced in detail and just become like a a pure emotion kind of thing, which is um, very cute and very sweet. And 
yeah, uh, music by the Radwimps uh, once again, and they're fantastic. And apparently this time we're much more involved in the production of the film, and it kind of shows because the way in which the uh, music is used is very natural. So, yeah, I'd say Weathering of You is my uh, highlight of December well, I'm so looking far. forward to it, but too. I, um, I didn't see your name, um, although I, it's been, on, it's been oh, okay. on my list for a long time to watch, and it's just mm. one of those complacency things. But I, I first heard about mm. um, uh, this director. What's his name again? Uh, Shinkai. Uh, you know what? I keep messing it up. Yeah, yeah Shinkai. Makoto Shinkai. Yeah, um, because <laughs> I he, mess it up you know, everyone was saying he's the new uh, Miyazaki, so I'm, I'm Ooh, interested yeah. to see. Yeah, be good. That is interesting. I am a little worried that because, you know, the guys behind me, as soon as the film stopped, um, they said, oh, what did you think of it? And he was like, yeah, I liked it. I don't know if I prefer it to your name. And it's like, well, that's the second thing he's tried to do. It's first of all, it's good. Second thing, is it as good as your name? So, yeah, hopefully Shinkai can keep up this momentum and hopefully make it so that the films don't get compared to sort of because imagine if, you know, you went to go see a Miyazaki and it's like, is it as good as Spirited Away? It's like, well, no, but yeah, it's. You know, it's still great. Is it as good as your name? Probably not, but hey, it doesn't have to be. It's the next film, and it's brilliant. And I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of, of Miyazaki's films, but they're also dated mm. in their own ways. Um, you oh, know, sure. so I, I'm excited that there are new filmmakers, and especially of that kind of uh, beautiful, slow yeah. anime style, that um, they could actually make something fresh. Yeah. And, yeah. Absolutely. And I think Shinkai has this kind of youthful energy to him as well um, his films frequently have these montages set to sort of uh, J-pop and it's just yeah really quite exhilarating (laughs) and fun well let's get to the Golden Globes because that's going to bring us off to all sorts of other stuff Um, absolutely we're going to start with the best motion picture drama Uh, five five movies I've seen three of them I've seen okay. four. So we got nineteen seventeen, which looks mm. amazing. And unfortunately I've yeah, seen the I can't trailer wait. for nineteen seventeen like fifteen times because I went to all these movies in the same <laughs> week. And it's that one where right. the director's talking about his process and it was so anyway. Oh right, okay. Um, Irishman. I can't wait. I Please. haven't oh so I haven't seen nineteen seventeen because unfortunately it doesn't get released in this stupid country until January, so I'm gonna have to wait on I that. I don't one. think it's been released here either. Oh, this, which okay. is Oh, I think it's like a Christmas, uh, maybe a Christmas Day or Boxing that Day joint over there. That makes perfect sense. So that's how they'll get it in for this yeah. year's Golden or next year's Golden Globes. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's it. And then, uh, yeah, we covered Irishman. We covered uh, Joker. Uh-huh. Um, Want to talk about yep. Marriage Story? Absolutely. Marriage Story I saw very recently, and it's basically the film that got me back into wanting to go see movies because I think I've been hung up lately on kind of the bullshit around film that can exist when you're trying to be a film critic, you know, like who's getting into what press screening and, you know, have you seen this? Oh, you've got to see this and all the rest of it. And I finally got around to seeing Marriage Story and just thought, at the end of the day, film is film. And this is a really fucking good film. (laughs) And that's kind of led me to just commit to not being so worried about how and when I see things and just be happy about the things I'm seeing. Um, it's a gorgeous little film about um, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. They are going through a divorce, um, trying to do it as amicably as possible, um, especially because of their son, whom they're you know, trying not to traumatize or disrupt too much. But Adam Driver is based in New York with his theater company, and Scarlett Johansson wants to go to L.A. to start a big TV career. And as lawyers get involved, um, lawyers like Laura Dern, I don't know character names, Laura Dern, the lawyer, she gets involved and... Um, Ray Liotta is the other lawyer. They were great. Um, yeah, yeah, they were great. And I Alan Alda is Laura also involved as well. Oh, she was really good as this kind of... What was wonderful about her is she is playing the kind of despicable lawyer, but she was doing so in such a compelling way where you could really get why Scarlett Johansson wanted to keep going right. back to you her. Know, she's obviously really um, good at her job, and she's a sweetheart, but yeah. she's also fucking ruthless she can Vicious. she can switch yeah absolutely just like that from oh yeah did you want one of my like a piece of my sandwich also why did you yeah. rape that dog in the alley <laughs> you, you yeah. don't deserve anything in this why world, did you yeah. do that explain yourself sir one of my favorite lines in that movie is um because the movie is not kind of really it, it is showing laura dern in such this ambiguous way as soon as adam driver says the line when he's asked why did you hire ray liotta he just says um i needed my own totally. asshole it's just like great. I'm I am on the same page as the filmmakers here, and I really I really love that line. Yeah, and I I liked 
this about it, I think more than anything, it brought me back to the like to those like fifties, forties films. It makes me think of mm. things like Detective Story or even something like um, Twelve Angry Men. Mm. But it's like we get to the end of the oh, movie brilliant. and nothing was really resolved. Resolved. It's like it really wasn't no, about anything. Ending. It was more an yes. opportunity to show a couple people in crisis and yeah. how they're handling it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. I love that. And it's interesting that this is Noah Baumbach because, of course, he got into the business, kind of made a big impression with The Squid mm-hmm. and the Whale, which is a movie about divorce very much from the kid's perspective, I think. And here we have a movie about divorce that's very much from the parent's perspective. Um, and, yeah, it was interesting to see how good intentions and the wish to be civil um, just completely deteriorated due to the circumstances. Um yeah, and also the gag with the knife made me cr- really cringe, and I still think about it sometimes. Oh my and it just god, upsets that was me. wild! <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, it's just a jokey thing we <laughs> do. <laughs> yeah, it's when the like because you see it, you see it before she calls attention right. to it, just briefly, and I like the audience I was in just gasped. Yeah, <laughs> and I was that like, was really no, well that didn't just happen. I saw that wrong. That oh stuck with me too. I've been using. I moved recently, so I've been using a box cutter a lot, and I'm always like making, making Ooh. sure it's really in, in. Yeah, yeah, really. In. Before I do the same thing against my own throat, I'm always like joking, like, "Look at what I'm doing, guys." No, I'm just kidding. Okay, do you know anything about the two popes? Died. Yes, I do. I saw it at the London yeah. Film Festival, and I yeah. loved it. Um, to be honest, ever since I went to Cannes and saw a documentary by Vim Vendors about. Um, Pope Francis, I have been interested in the whole thing, and this is a film in which Pope Francis is portrayed by um, oh Jonathan Price, so good uh, for, for the first time for the first time in a while not playing an asshole, which I really appreciated because it reminds me that Jonathan Price isn't an asshole right because he's been such was, a prick in everything, such a prick. After I saw um, the wife, yeah. I just I just really started to get convinced that oh maybe he's just that guy. <laughs> Maybe that's actually him, and that's why they it's keep true. Like he has him, to but... be so kind all the time in normal life. He's like, I just need a role that brings out the my real soul. <laughs> well, in this one, he's he's very lovely, and he is acting opposite Anthony Hopkins as you know Pope Ratzinger or whatever it's, Benedict. That was his name, um, the sort of German harsh Pope that we had just before. And the story is, it's said at the end of Pope. Um, benedict's reign so to speak as pope and he actually bizarrely plays an instrumental role in convincing pope francis to take up the papal candidacy after his passing which is very strange considering how different they are you know benedict was a really harsh conservative you know condoms cause aids Mm -hmm. you know homosexuality is you know sin against god and all the rest of it and Benedict and uh, Francis has just been this wonderful sort of um, liberal pope, you know, saying, you know, who am I to judge totally. gay people and, you know, trying to crack down on the whole sex scandal thing. So it's been, it's very interesting, the idea that one would try and encourage the other to become pope. And it just, it, it it's a really great act of humanizing and a very interesting film because it is largely about these two characters just sort of talking um, and it's driven by how strong those two performances are. Um, Hopkins is just yeah. great. What a I've, great actor I've Anthony Hopkins it. really you know, is. Like you had mm. these people that were around, like, I mean, there's a point where Anthony Hopkins was showing up in, like, every third thriller, and it was just like, you yes. just got used to having somebody of that caliber around, and then just disappeared. Yeah, just disappeared. Well, this is a really fine return to form. So, I, yeah, I really enjoyed cool. the two clubs. All right, we'll get into musical comedy, best motion picture. Um, Dolomite, okay. I thought was just fantastic. Funny. I need to oh. see it because I actually love, um, oh, was it? Oh, it was Rudy Ray Moore. I love Rudy Ray Moore, sort of disco godfather <laughs> totally. and the like, so, but I'm, so well I haven't done. seen this. It's such a funny, <laughs> and it's, it's a kind movie. It's like set in this, you know, it's somebody just desperate to make it and, they're trying to do mm. all these different things. And really, Eddie Murphy is amazing. I never thought I'd yeah. ever like him at anything again. He's been such a douchebag just in real life. <laughs> he has, yeah. hasn't so, he? It was neat. Yeah. <laughs> that looks great. I can't wait to watch it. And it's got Wesley, uh, yeah, Wesley Snipes in it, hasn't it? Playing one of the producers. He's hilarious. Well, the director. Prima Donna. Yeah. You'd, you'd love it. It's, it's so um, <laughs> out, out of character for him, but it reminds you of what a great actor he is. I can't wait right, to watch uh, it. Jojo Rabbit? Brilliant. Really wonderful. Saw that at the film festival as well. It looks it's, so um, funny. Taika Wait- oh, it's great. Taika Waititi <laughs> from uh, sort of Hunt for the Wilder People and What movie. We Do in the Shadows. Oh, and for Ragnarok, I guess, as well. Um, but yeah, it's just, 
Oh, there's so much beauty in it. There's so much I could say about it that's just wonderful. I love yeah. the kid. He's really funny. His best friend, the other kid with the glasses, is really <laughs> funny. Um, Thomas and Mackenzie's becoming one of my favorite human beings after Leave No Trace and now this. Um, and then Scarlett Johansson's amazing in it, Sam Rockwell, and of course Tiger yeah. himself. It's just, for anyone who doesn't know it, the film is about a young boy in Nazi Germany who's just in the Hitler Youth. It's 1945, I think, nearing the end of the war, although, you know, you wouldn't know it from being in Berlin at the time. Um, and he discovers that his mother is hiding a um, Jewish girl in the sort of spare room of their house. And also a key detail about this boy is that his imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler, <laughs> played by Taika Waititi. And he looks yeah, it's just about too. him trying to. He's so good. Anytime oh, he shows God, up in funny. a cameo, or you know, he, he never seems to take a real leading role, but he's really funny. He's got good, good comedic mm. timing. Yeah, and he's great in this as Hitler. <laughs> um, I, actually, one of my favorite things that happened on social media this year is that um, I think Adam McKay put something out there that said something like, um, "Oh, I couldn't make a movie like the Hangover movies these days because everything's just too politically correct." And Taika Waititi just posted, "LOL." <laughs> But I think his profile picture at the time was still him with the Hitler mustache. That's great. So, yeah, it's a wonderful film and a film that's needed right now. It's true, though. You know, it's like we don't Mm. need everything to be in the gutter. It doesn't have to be you're slopping, Mm. you know, shit on your back to to be shocking. You could just do something ridiculous. Sometimes the shocking thing to do is to make a movie that's really actually heartfelt. And, you know, this is definitely one of those films. Totally. All right, well, um, we get okay. Knives Out. Uh, I've seen the trailer for it like 15 yeah. times. Have you seen it yet? <laughs> yes, I have, and also You loved did? It. <laughs> okay, I was curious. It, I really The trailer did. makes it yeah. look a little contrived. To be honest, I wasn't a big fan of the trailer, and I was trying to get people excited about this movie um, ahead of its release, and yeah, the trailer, I don't feel like really did it that many favors, but it's a it's a marvelous whodunit, so to speak. It, it, it takes its time, introduces the characters, um, it has this lead um, lead character who's the maid of the family, and she meets Daniel Craig with his outrageous sort of Colonel mm-hmm. Sanders accent that he's got going on, um, and that he is investigating the death of um, this old man played by Christopher Plummer, who's the sort of head of this household and the big money maker, and it goes about exploring his motives. What's interesting is that the film fairly early on tells you kind of what happened. Obviously there are twists, but you basically get to see the death at about the half hour mark, and the rest of the film becomes this very interesting kind of cover-up story um, in which you kind of know who did it, so to speak, and you're just watching them trying to cover their tracks, but also there are more twists to be had. Um, It has great turns from... um, Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis, it's fun to see her back on the big screen. Speaking of people who are back, um, Chris Evans is really amazing in it. I liked him in the trailer. You could tell he was having some fun with that role. Finally, he had fun in this. uh, Marvel Universe for a few minutes to actually breathe. Yeah, exactly. And reprising his his role from Not Another Teen (laughs) Movie. So (laughs) it was fun to see that. And Tony Collette is great. It's this kind of. Yeah, she really is. And here she's playing a kind of fatuous. kind of uh yoga mom <laughs> style situation and <laughs> she's just really nice. funny yeah i really loved right. it oh and michael shannon as well is amazing. always amazing in everything too i mean <laughs> it's just one of those great people, cast great I mean, story i feel like i first saw him in something dumb like it was a tv show or something and i really didn't care but <gasps> well i mean he is in uh groundhog day he plays um the kid who gets excited about <laughs> wrestlemania no kidding that's him <laughs> That oh, is him, yeah. The one goes, WrestleMania, no WrestleMania, way. yeah, with his new with his new wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Michael oh Shannon. God, I have to check that out. Okay, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, I've now seen that mm. twice in thirty five millimeter. They yeah. did this cool thing at my local mm. theater that, um, like, yeah. the guy who runs the program there, who does the programming for. Um, from the martial arts stuff, mm. he like is friends oh. with Quentin Tarantino. So Quentin sent him uh. some reels of the stuff he was going to put in the Blu-ray release, which was like that partial <gasps> episode of Bounty Law, as yeah, oh, as yeah. well as an extended scene that showed um, Luke Perry, uh, because you know his he got mostly cut out of the film. So it's like a yes, he did, yeah, so didn't he? It was pretty yeah. neat. So I saw it the first time. Obviously, that was great. And then mm. they had this free screening where they showed these other things. And I think the second time mm. it was better than the first time. Like the whole movie was just the yeah. first time is a little jarring I... with the colors and what they're trying to do. But by the second time, you yes. can just eat it up. Well, the f- 
the first time I was just constantly wondering where right. are we going? What are we building to? We're in a day in the life of these people, but what exactly is happening? Are we going to end before the Tate murders? Because that's the other thing is I was hugely anxious. I, thought they, I, thought we were I was anxious when this got announced. Yeah. exactly and is it going to be murdered in a tarantino way because we already had a really super insensitive depiction of the uh tate murders this right. year in um the haunting of sharon tate so in which uh was it lindsay yeah. lohan playing shannon tate or it. something it was Just terrible you know, or maybe bad accent. no it wasn't it was, her, was yeah. it it was the wasn't it hillary it was duff the other one. Or, yeah either way <laughs> oh it was yeah i think yeah, it was garbage. hillary duff but um yeah it was not great um so i was very anxious and then you know, you have this moment where, and also the first time, I just didn't know how to feel about that ending because it felt kind of exploitative, but in a way that I found deeply satisfying. I absolutely loved it. I, I love know... ultra violence like that. My <laughs> one problem is the only one is the fake out of it looked for a moment like um, Brad Pitt was dead, and they played it up. They showed oh, him flop on yeah, the floor, yeah, with the, in the thing classic in the knife. way. And yeah, then of course he was fine. <laughs> Yeah, but when uh, anyone who I think has an issue with the sort of depiction of this film thinking, oh, this is very insensitive. I wonder if he knows how um, inappropriate he's being. And then fucking Leonardo DiCaprio comes out with a flamethrower. And at that point, you've just got to think, oh, yeah, he knows. And the he screaming knows what from that woman as she was burning by the oh, pool. Oh, God, it was oh horrific. Actually, I think the second time I saw it, the volume was up too loud because I got a real headache from that yeah, woman. It was crazy. <laughs> But I saw it three times in a very tight window simply because I kept getting friends who wanted to see it and couldn't make it the last time. I was like, all right, I'll come see it. Yeah, it's funny. Um, there's another and... thing about it. The dog. The first time I watched it, I was so anxious that the dog oh, was yeah. going to get hurt. And the dog was being such a hero. Aww. And it was like a, this perfectly <laughs> choreographed. <laughs> you know, go over here. Kill this person. Kill... And then obviously the second time around, yeah. I was like, all right, come on, dog. Let's get him. Yeah. My second favorite action sequence involving dogs yeah. this year. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. After John yeah, three, of course. <laughs> um, awesome. Um, okay, oh, and then uh, Rocket Man. <laughs> believe it or not, for my sins, I have not seen. It's um, meant to be amazing, but I think I just conflated it too much with Bohemian Rhapsody, which was a film that I didn't really want to see for lots mm. of reasons. And yeah, for some reason, I missed out on Rocket Man. But it's Dexter Fletcher, director I've actually met, is really lovely, and it seems like he's done a really ambitious thing here told a really excellent story and that it's a brilliant performance from uh Taron egerton so i would agree with that I, to see it. I think feel like it's this thing and i mean i get i guess i want to get into this more um when we go through our year end and we talk about those kinds of things so maybe next episode but I, i'm just sure. a little bit tired of the i'm gonna put a uh some sort of prosthesis in and i'm gonna you know pretend <laughs> to be this character and that's gonna somehow be enough to make it a good movie and i don't I mean, yeah, Rami Malek's teeth were quite quite totally. alarming. And in this case, the big gap between the <laughs> teeth for... Yeah, mm. so the trouble I had, yeah. I feel like at the end of Rocket Man, I respected Elton John less than before. Oh, yeah. interesting. Here's a man who's surrounded by controversy. I mean, again, I haven't seen the film, but I, I know of, you know, his life and the sort of things that have gone on. And, you know, I've heard that unlike um, Bohemian Rhapsody, it does actually attempt to di- dissect its main mm. character a bit and sort of get into, you know, what makes him tick and the ways in which he's a bad sort of character right. as well. They as threw it on one. the list. There's no possible mm. way it's going to win. No <laughs> possible. No, for that category, what is the safe bet there? There are some strange I films think, in that I category, but maybe Jojo Rabbit. Get it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's um, it's got a very timely message about anti-fascism yeah. and non-conformity and, you know and all Nazi of that. Nazi films always sweet. win. I mean, life is beautiful. <laughs> Schindler's People List. love them. <laughs> that said, we didn't talk about the first yeah. one. So of 1917, which we didn't see. I did, yeah, neither of us. Oh, yeah. Two Popes. Um, obviously, I hope the Joker wins. But oh, yeah. I think it's going to be Marriage Story <laughs> for the Golden Globes. Yeah, agreed. I think Marriage Story yeah, is the obvious cool. one there. I think that's probably... All right, we'll it. get into directors here. Um, I'm, I am dying uh-huh. to see this. In fact, I'm going to see it in the next week. It is uh, uh, Bong oh. Joon-ho's Parasite. Bloody hell, that was amazing. I actually um, saw it Ooh. this week. Um, yeah, what, what I'm, a movie. I'm not going to let you um, talk for much a while. about it. Just, just sing its praises, but I can't be spoiled. Uh, no, I would not dare to spoil this movie. It's um, it's a movie that would be very easy to spoil. I came in knowing very little, only that it was... Uh, uh, initially, at some stage, I thought it was actually a um, another monster movie. I thought he'd come back and made another um, another monster film. And I was very, you know, surprised when it turned out it's just this movie about 
you know, the very basic premise is a young man goes to work for a rich family, he comes from a very poor family, and then he and his family start a sort of scheme to try and take advantage mm-hmm. of the situation. That's, you know, pretty much it. But the twists and the turns and the characters and just the sheer joy of the filmmaking of it, the visual flair that Juno has is just breathtaking. Yeah, it was a really wonderful film. I love it. Um, Sam Mendes, 1917. Mm. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Can't wait. I yep. mean, that's probably the one that's going to win if it gets released and everybody gets to see it because it is, it's the other one that's always going to win. It's mm. a big war epic. It's yeah, following yeah. young young people <laughs> in World War One. It's going to be yep. something else. Um, There's yeah. a lot to love. Todd there, Phillips yeah. Joker, um, uh, obviously <laughs> yeah. with Parasite, 1917. Discussed, yeah. Joker, yeah. Irishman, uh, Martin Scorsese, and then, yeah. of course, Tarantino, Once Upon a Time. So I would guess 1917 there again, based on what I think it's going to be. But, yeah. Could be June Ho because of course he did he cleaned up at uh, yeah. Cannes, so um, yeah you never know. But I'd be surprised it's if it were such Phillips, an amazing um, year. And when you look at just visually, it really visually has what been. Joker looked like and visually what What's Upon a Time mm. in Hollywood looked like. Those are two things I've never seen done as well. Mm. In yeah, in the last it, it's yeah visually it has been a. F- I mean that was a really cool old gritty New York and it was scary and shitty mm. and then I felt like I was in Hollywood <laughs> in the. You know, in the 60s, 70s. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get into... Um, I don't want to go too far because I don't want to be boring, but I want to get sure. the best performance by an actor. We'll do the best performance. Um, yeah, we'll go down here. Um, okay. So we'll start with... They've broken up the, by... Just following the list I'm going, we'll start with actress in motion picture okay. drama. We've got Cynthia Erivo doing Harriet. Yep. I don't know that one. I haven't seen Harriet. It's weird. It was at the festival, and I had an opportunity to see it. But I think at that stage, it had somewhat poor reviews. It's Harriet Tubman, right? So I was, yeah. Yes, it is. It's her story, and I I was just um, guided gently towards um, another film that was showing in the same slot. So I haven't seen Harriet yet. But um, since then, it seems to have, you know, if it did have bad reviews at any stage, that has undergone a reassessment because I can see nothing but praise for it now. And I think it's telling when something like Harriet it doesn't get any accolades around the film itself. But that doesn't necessarily True. mean that Cynthia didn't just completely kill it as Harriet Tubman. So, yeah, it, it feels like something like Lincoln, right. you know, where it's a movie that kind of you know features this amazing. Right, performance. that movie I thought was a complete bore fest, but obviously <laughs> um, Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, you can't just deny amazing. it. Amazing. Right. Yeah, Scarlett amazing, Johansson yeah. marriage story. Um, we we discussed that. Yeah, beautiful. She, she transformed herself. Yeah. I forgot I was watching Black Widow or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the alien who steals people's oh skin. Oh my god, I loved skin. that movie. <laughs> That's it such was a good so film. Good. It surprised me because so many people were against it, and I, I thought, I just want to see. Really? It. Oh. I like aliens. I like Scarlett yeah. Johansson. It was, yeah. it was creepy and cool, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah, love that movie. And in Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson is just amazing. That that one. I mean, it's the one. The moment everybody's going to talk about, I think, with her is that one moment where she's telling Laura Dern her story about why she wants to get a divorce and. It's one take of her just moving between rooms, eating, mm-hmm. cleaning up, and just doing all of these things while still staying in character and still delivering this performance and this really compelling speech. And it just shows her versatility, I think. That and the scene where she's just yelling full pelt at Adam Driver mm-hmm. is just... But also, just the, all the tiny little quiet moments where you get the sort of sorrow and the sense of affection that she still has for right. this guy. And he was really just so confused at what was happening. Yeah, you really felt that. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, hold on. Yeah. yeah. The scene where he just comes into the mother's house and is just like totally at home going around the place. And she's, you know, just confused. Like, wait, you know, you know, right? That we're having a divorce <laughs> and that, you know, this should feel more formal than it is. Yeah. Okay. So then apparently um, they redid Little Women again and uh, Saoirse Ronan um, is up for best performance. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes. I mean, this is one of the films I'm most excited about this year, actually, Little Women. It's um, directed by Greta Gerwig, and, you know, Lady Bird was my favorite movie of that year, so I'm really excited to see how she follows it up. It's got an amazing oh, cast right. I um, behind her. I did see the poster for it. Yeah, I, mm. I don't think it's been released here, um, but yeah. Oh, no, yeah. not here. Here it's Boxing okay. Day. Uh, we're getting it, so maybe it's a big Christmas movie this year, but yeah, I can't wait to see it. And I just Ronan rewatched Lady Bird. It's always and, um, amazing, so. It really is something mm. else. I mean,. I think the first yeah. time I saw it, I was just like a little bit, um, a little too off of uh, Searsha. But yeah, this time okay. I thought it was really 
really fun. Mm. I loved it. And I, I remember just seeing it and it ended and I just felt sad because I wanted to be in this world with these characters for longer. And actually a movie that just came out that I saw just today, that um, it came out this year, um, is yeah. Booksmart, Olivia Wilde's um, directorial debut. And that featured the actress who plays the best friend right. in Booksmart, in uh, Lady Bird, here in the lead. And um, it's another tale of sort of teenage uh, friendship between girls. And that blew me away as well. So <laughs> I'm very happy to see so many of this kind of film getting made right now. Yeah. All right, well, then we got Charlize Theron for Bombshell. Um, I've already Bombshell. been told that, that it, it kind of blows. Like, there's no possible way to to be, <laughs> like, feminist and cool when you're talking about these horrible, horrible women of Fox News. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. You're right. Yeah. There it is. Yep, sorry. I had to. I was I was working it through there, and I was thinking about Seaberg, <laughs> which is completely yeah. the other thing. But I was like, no, no, no. Yes, I saw a trailer for this yesterday, the uh, Fox News scandal. So... I'll I'll reserve judgment until I see it, but it, it was Same. yeah. I, I mean, I will say I didn't recognize her in the trailer until her name came up, which is something. But I mean, I just love Shalise Ferrand. Amazing, She's been marvelous in so many things. Yeah, first thing I ever <laughs> saw her in was Two Days in the Valley. Um, I was thinking it was one ah, of her first films, but that. I just knew at that moment I'm like, she's going to be in yeah. everything. You'll see. And here we go. <laughs> yeah, and she hasn't. And sense. finally, Renee Zellweger doing Judy, and uh, I I've seen the trailer. <clears throat> um, Excuse me. She mm. looks like she transforms into Judy Garland. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. I've only seen the trailer, but it really does. Uh, again, it's another one of those times where I didn't recognize her until the name came up. So, yeah, it seems like she's putting a lot into that performance. So, I'll be curious to see if she wins. Yeah, um, Instinct. You know what? I don't have a strong opinion. I'd love to see Sersha get it because I love seeing sort of young. You know, I mean, she's. She's relative. She's been around for a while, you know, since Hannah right. in 2011. But um, nevertheless, I would love to see her sort of get rewarded for all of the great work that yeah, she's been doing. Yeah, she she did a film based on a book right before Hannah. Brooklyn? Um, what was that? It's oh, about a serial killer, right? That is coming after. Her. I don't know. But I remember it was oh. sort of well received, and she did a really good job in it. And um, and yeah, I don't. I, I feel like she's somebody who has a lot to offer, but. Oh, she's apparently in a tome. Oh, yeah, the lovely bones, of course. Lovely bones. Um, yeah, the lovely bones. I saw her in that, and uh, yeah, I think she yeah. was good in it. It's not a film I like very much, but yeah, she was in that. But then Byzantium and uh, the Grand Budapest, she yeah, I just skyrocketed she was and that. finally yeah. Brooklyn. All right, well, cool. mm. we're gonna go. With <laughs> yes. <this. laughs> oh, sorry, no, she's oh, going. Yes, going, yes. yes. Cool. onwards. Uh, best performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. We have Anna de Armas in Knives Out. Yep, she's really great. I was really amazed by who she is because it's one of those times where you find out an actress's name and it's like, oh, I've seen you in everything. Um, Anna de Armas was in Blade Runner. She played Joy, oh, the holographic um, yeah. girlfriend um, in that. And she was also in Knock Knock, the dreadful Keanu Reeves oh, um, thriller. Didn't you just ago. do that she on, played one, of the... on one Good Thing? We yeah. just did it, yep. And she was in that. So she's been around. But in this, she's just a really sweet uh, character. She plays the young maid who sort of is the heart of the story. And yeah, okay. she's really great uh, Yeah, I, from the trailer, I know exactly who you're talking about. And you're right, I, I wouldn't have identifer, mm. identified her from either of those other films. So that's kind of interesting. But No, not at all. She's Yeah, she's one of those, yeah, she's got a really good sort of chameleon quality. All right, well, Aquafina in The Farewell, which is absolutely amazing. Wow, yeah. just I loved the farewell. It's really superb, and Aquafina was fantastic in it. She's funny and charming, but also really affecting when she needs to be. And yeah, the whole thing just felt Absolutely. really authentic. So, yeah. um, Kate Blanchett, I'm where, happy where, about that. Where'd you go, Bernadette? I haven't no, seen that. No, I haven't. Or heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we love you, Kate. But moving on. Yeah. Uh, Be- yeah. Beanie <laughs> Feldstein in Booksmart. That's who you were talking about. Yeah. Well, there she is. Yeah, absolutely. And she was fantastic in it, playing um, a very different character. She was kind of just the supportive best friend um, in Lady Bird, whose you know, role in the story is obviously to at some point get betrayed, but then have it all made up to her. But in um, Booksmart, she's playing this really compelling yeah. lead where she's um She's very assertive. Yeah, and, egotistical. Um, yes. <laughs> she's egotistical, but in this really kind of um, self-effacing way that was just really charming. Yeah, so, yeah it excellent. is kind of a shame in Lady Bird they made her like the unpopular just typical fat friend mm. and then and it, it, mm. i feel like with something like book smart you're we're going for this you know it's not about um your body image it's not about any of this it's about who you, who you are oh yeah, it never comes right. up which yeah. i think is brilliant and yeah. what a huge slew of funny characters mm. in that movie so, yeah. 
I don't think it'll win. Yeah. But, oh, um, but yeah, I'm mm, glad that she's getting not. some recognition. <laughs> yeah. And then Emma Thompson in Late Night. Oh, you know, I've always had my issues with Emma Thompson. I don't know what it is. It's just my, my mother hates her and says it's because she's a, what in England we call a lovey, which is to say very yeah. theatre. You know, it's, yeah, very much that. So I think there's a class motivation there. But I have myself had issues with Emma Thompson. She's often, for me, just playing Emma Thompson and not necessarily in the most compelling way. And in Late Night, I really like Late Night. I liked um, it. Yeah. It was, it was Mindy, Mindy Carling's film, really. And but, that's what um, I'm thinking. Emma Thompson did such a good job in it. Mm. She was very, um, she was playing yeah. this very stoic sort of that like cold british thing that happens never hug or don't want to talk i'm famous leave me alone yeah the the standard sort of asshole boss kind of thing yeah but the annoying parts of it were of course mindy kaling (laughs) (laughs) i liked her in that i think we just have to do that thing you can hate emma thompson she's she's british and all that and i'll just go ahead and crap on the the important thing is that we can both be miserable totally yeah exactly i'm like oh the girl from the office that no one liked I'm just kidding. <laughs> I never saw the American opera. Yeah. So. Is that where good, she's from? That's call. interesting. Because I know, her, again, Ocean's yeah. 8. That's the point. You've got two Ocean's 8 alumni instead of the. Oh, no, she's not nominated. I don't mind that. Cut that. Um, I think <laughs> I'm going to skip um, going deep into supporting actors, actresses. Just to, I'll throw out Fair that um, we got Margot Robbie for Bombshell and Laura Dern for Marriage Story, of course. Jennifer Lopez in Hustlers, oh, which I thought was a interesting, interesting movie, but I'm never going to win. Um, I haven't seen the report yet with Annette <laughs> Benning. Nope, no, nope, it's on Netflix. So cool. And then Richard Jewell, mm. Kathy Bates. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here we are. Okay. We're two yeah. actors in drama. Number one, Christian Bale, Ford, uh, Ford okay. versus Ferrari. Have you seen it yet? I have. Yes, and it's it's an entertaining little film. It's very conventional. I found it's your basic sports movie. You know, you've got the radical guy who's not very conventional, but he gets results. The problem is the man is on his back trying to get him to be more <laughs> yeah. conventional, and it's just you know it's that kind of drama. And of course, you know, but it, apparently Bale is playing a real life race driver, and um, the accent's good. I, I, it took me a while to place. I think he's. I can't even remember now. Is it Australian? It's um. But it's it's a convincing accent of whatever the hell it is. You anyway, know, that is something so that can break a rule. I mean, I was watching something the other day, and mm. it's like someone we know is like an English guy trying to do a Southern accent in America, and I was like, no, it just sounds stupid. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope it wasn't Daniel Craig in because um, he does a Southern accent in Lucky Logan. No, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't Danny Boy. Really it was somebody. Charming. I wish I I wish I would have written it down, <laughs> but I was just like, it took me completely out of it. I'm like, just forget it. Yeah, oh, that's a shame. Okay, well, you'll love okay. this. So, uh, actor, so yeah. yeah. Um, then Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory, which I haven't seen either. Another one of my favorites. Um, yeah, it's the new um, Alma Devar film, and uh, Antonio Banderas is really great in it. Basically, playing Alma Devar in a, a certain point of his life, this guy, this film director who's suffering from pain and, you know, ever so slight drug oh. addiction, and um, just See, trying the to title, live, you know, I was his thinking life. of like, uh, like, I don't know, armor and big swords clashing. Oh, right. Pain and glory. <laughs> Yes, it does sound a bit yeah. like that, doesn't it? It sounds like his sort of early totally. 40s roles. But, I mean, you know, it, it does occasionally occur to me whilst watching him play this really sensitive soul and this kind of, um, you know, beautiful person that, oh, that's Desperado yeah. up there. <laughs> When's he going to throw down his suitcase and pull out a couple of a couple of guns and start that shoot up the That was the role place? that changed the but world. But he doesn't do that. For him. It went from like, I'm like, I don't oh, care who yeah. this guy is, to he is the coolest motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. And I want to be him. Fuck, now. yeah, that's like, He's iconic in that movie with that yeah. long hair. Just ugh. It's good. <laughs> Everything out of his mouth was awesome. Okay. Um, Adam Driver, of course. Walking Phoenix. Oh, yes. Yeah. Walking Phoenix. Yep. Very compelling uh, uh, performance. That picture they've got of him on the Emmy's pit on the Glo- Golden Globes website. You know, me. Just, I don't know if you're seeing the same thing. It's just him looking very goofy. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I think one of the worst things to see in the world, I keep seeing it, is that her poster with him and his mustache. Oh, I love that poster and his soft, sensitive eyes. I went to a film psych class this year and we, we, we um, d- talked about her. And my f- the film lecturer said, you know what, I just can never trust Joaquin Phoenix and I don't like him in this movie. And I was like, why? It's like, well, because he's trying to play a nice person and I just don't believe it. And I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe he's just too edgy. Um, and then finally, Jonathan Price. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Jonathan Price, two popes. He's really yeah. wonderful. Yeah, I hope Joaquin wins. Um, Joaquin, I hope he gets mm. it. 
I mean, if you look <laughs> at it, at Adam Driver is probably going to get it, or maybe you, you said Jonathan Price was mm. amazing. I don't think Christian Bale will get shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm, probably not. I don't think it will be Price either because um, I think I I don't know. Does Golden Globes have a Netflix problem? Um, I don't. I know. know the Oscars do. <laughs> mm, well, we'll have to see because the Two Pups has gone to Netflix and was produced yep. by Netflix, so we'll have to see. But I think you're probably right. Adam Driver's the safe money, which I'm um, I'm fine with, but. They could give it to Phoenix as a sort of, you know, shake think, it up a bit. I think they might. It'd be interesting. that's really what it... It would be interesting yeah. to have the second time in, you know, the 21st century having an Oscar, uh, a sort of award-winning Joker performance. God, that would be nuts. It'd be interesting. And they only gave it to Heath Ledger because he died. <laughs> oh, he deserved it. <laughs> Come on, you think, think that was the best performance of that year? I can't remember what he was up against, but yeah, I mean, it's iconic. It's the only performance... I still think about, you know, I think he really he captured did define that the character, Joker. iconically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me see. Who was he up against? Anyway, we could All right. We yeah, we'll finish this off just so we don't go too far over time with just the best performances okay. by an actor in motion picture, musical, comedy. We got Daniel Craig, Knives Out. Uh-huh. Yep, which was wonderful. I, again, I'd be surprised if he got it because he's not really giving an emotional performance. It's just a really fun yeah. character, you know, like Poirot, you know, it's just... A full, a cool character, but he was great in it anyway. Roman Griffin Davis, Jojo Rabbit. How marvelous would that be? I mean, he was amazing That'd be in that so film. That'd so cool. Just, um, that would be really fun if he um, was. Leo, <laughs> of course. Leo, for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Again, it was a compelling performance. I really sort of bought into it and his frustrations yeah. and, you know, his feelings of fear, but... Yeah, we'll have to see how seriously that movie gets treated, but it has got a lot of serious yeah, stuff in Yeah, if you look it. at like his scenes, he really was acting his ass off. It's just that's all we expect from him at this point. <laughs> he doesn't really come in and give yeah. the you know whack-off role. It's just like he's never not committing yeah, to yeah. his stuff, so it's hard to – it's like they're not yeah. going to treat him fairly and give him an award for it because he's just going to keep doing it. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I'd argue the yeah, same thing. You'd look at Inception. He, You know, look at mm. any – as stupid oh, yeah. things like Shutter Island or whatever it's called, like he's like he brings mm. it, even if the movie doesn't bring it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a he's a very yeah. yeah he's a really talented. All right, Taron Egerton for mm. a Rocket Man. Maybe, but again, I haven't seen it. But yeah, it does seem like he's giving a pretty good performance in that. But I don't know. It, it sometimes these become award favorites, the sort of best mimic. You know, I feel like that's what got Rami Malek his sort of yeah. Um, Things because oh that was just a very good impression but as as to whether or not there's a good performance in there is another matter but I'd have to see it to to judge. Well, like the final one, Eddie Murphy shows that really are trying to like mix it up. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's a very interesting mix of uh, of musical comedies here, and it's interesting that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's included in that. But I guess it makes sense. But yeah, yeah. and if you look at the supporting ones, um, I know I said we're not really getting into it, and we're not. But but oh sure, um, yeah. I'll finish it off with the the best performance supporting. It's just Tom Hanks, Anthony Hopkins, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Brad Pitt, of course. <laughs> a lot of very, yeah, a lot of familiar yeah. faces two, there. Two people from The Irishman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, interesting. You know what? The person, one of the people I love most in The Irishman was Stephen Graham, who plays the, um, uh, he plays the guy who shows up late yeah. for the meeting. I can't remember his name now, but he's, yeah, he really held his own against Pacino, which is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> yes, but yeah, he was a compelling performance in that. But I love that Joe Pesci's back. I don't know if he's going to do more, but I loved seeing him in this. And all I wanted to see was just yeah, more I don't Pesci. Think so. I think he called. It, I think Scorsese called in a favor. He said, "Guys, I need you on set. We're doing this." I mean, because mm. you had you had everybody, <laughs> frankly. Yeah, you did, didn't you? You had a lot of famous yeah. faces in there. A lot of yeah, Harvey, Harvey Keitel. Keitel. Does he even get a line? Yeah. I can't remember if he even says anything, but he's just yeah, there. he's like at a table drinking, and they show him like three times. It's like, yeah, yeah it was just like a, everybody needs to show up. Easiest paycheck he's ever had. Well, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. Uh, I think mm. they come out on the 20th yeah. of January. So I always have a party. I'm gonna, mm. you know, do it up, make horse duvers, and ah, beautiful. Get drunk. <laughs> well, it's often a good indicator of who's going to win in the big awards. So I'll be very curious to see. Um, yeah. Who who comes out yeah. big in that one? But yeah, I think maybe Marriage Story is going to be. A I big think so too. I think it really will be. When you look at mm. the, I think it's a joke that they put Joker in there, even though it it is my favorite out of all of them. <laughs> but that's 
it feels like a concession, yeah. you know, concession to sort of the the favorite film of the masses, which I think Joker is ultimately going to prove. I be. would hate it if The Irishman won too much because they. I really feel like they'd only be doing it. We've talked about the problems with it. We've talked about what's good about it, and it's entertaining. Yeah. But is oh, yeah, it yeah. the best Corsese film, or are they just going to give it no, to him he's old? It, well, yeah, there's always the risk of that. Famously, you know, it was probably the reason John Wayne won Best Actor exactly. for True Grit, which is by no means his best performance, but it was, you know, about yeah. time. So, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah. There's a All risk right. of that. Well, cool. Well, what else are you working on? Uh, obviously, one good thing is still going weekly. Uh, yep. It's still it's still weekly going on weekly. I just think um, it's a and I have I, I try to <laughs> yeah. produce and, uh, you know, go, but you're, you're a machine. So, yeah. Yeah, we've been really fortunate, and we do, we're still doing big, dumb things. Like, we've just released our three-and-a-half-hour-long episode on Friday the 13th. Wow. Um, and we'll be doing another sort of epic horror movie saga next year as well, which we're going to start in January. Um, and, yeah, it's just we've been doing some more experimental episodes. You know, like this year we did an episode on film scores that was a lot of fun to do. You know, the one good thing, and talking about why a film score, yeah. you know, is important to the film what makes a good film score and our personal favorites um yeah but we're still making time to watch terrible movies and to talk about them as well so all right well until next time (laughs) yeah thanks for having me